0: Welcome to the Total Life Victory Podcast. Kingdom talk for the times. This is a show that focuses on applying the kingdom of God to every area of life. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. It's about your relationship with God, in marriage, in your family, with others, in money, in your vocation, and your health. It's a show where you'll find ancient scriptures for current events. If you'd like to further connect, join us online at totallifevictory.com. And now, here's your host, Barrington Allen. Hey friends, welcome back to the Total Life Victory Podcast. So thankful, as always, for you to join me here. And uh, I'm so appreciative to my wife, uh, these last two episodes. Wow, wow, wow. A woman and her marriage. A woman and her marriage. I mean, the last two, uh, just going back, the first one. She talked about First Peter and uh, what a woman should do in the relationship. And then we talked about how our wives are like weapons. Uh, woo, woo. So thankful for that. But you know, um, guys, there's a way we can undermine that. Oh, yeah. There is an insidious, pernicious, nefarious plot against you against me as men in the marriage. And Satan has been doing this from the garden. Look, when Adam saw his woman for the first time, you, you know, her, her name was not given to her until after the fall. So the first time he sees her, I could imagine that this dude didn't even know he needed her. Because all he'd been dealing with are just animals. But he sees this woman, and he gives her the title woman. And I jokingly say that he got that title from first sight. He just went, woo, man. woo man. You look good. Yeah, she looked good. She got to him as a woman will get to a man, uh, as a wife should get to her man. I mean, God designed our sexual expression as men with our wives. He created that, and it's wonderful. It's beautiful, and it can be abused, misused. It can, and if you abuse it, misuse it, You can undermine your marriage. What do I mean? I'm talking about pornography, friends. That's how a man can undermine his marriage. Pornography. Now, the woman that Adam had was the only woman on the planet, which could be why he willfully disobeyed God. The scriptures in Timothy say the man was not deceived he knew exactly what he was doing. What would make a man trade in his relationship with God? What would make a man do that? As a man, and you guys out there may agree, might not agree, but as a man, I've witnessed in society, there's one thing that make a, can make a guy trade in his whole operation. Uh, President Clinton did that. Traded it in for a conjugal or near conjugal visit with another woman. That drive in a man is so strong. And if he does not keep it in check, and there are ways to do that. I'm going to talk to you about that. If he does not keep that in check, The whole house of cards can come crashing down. The whole structure can come crashing down. Again, she was the only woman on the planet. And he had visited with her. He had a conjugal visit with his wife. I'm sure he did. He tasted that beautiful thing. (laughs) Tasted it. And she was the only that on the planet. Men have traded empires for that. Destroyed their businesses for that. Risked the country for that. We just finished watching impeachment. The whole Monica Lewinsky story and the president. It was all because of that. The presidency. The presidency. Risked for that. The man got impeached for that. So. Not kept in check your boat your marital boat can sink because of pornography during the uh, super bowl 2020 jennifer lopez and shakira doing their thing do you realize what was happening in the porno world I didn't find this out until later. We had to shut it off. There was just too much shaking going on. We had guests and I went, whoa, 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 off. Can't look at that. Can't. Because any man is susceptible. Any man. And the enemy knows that because the Lord designed us as visually stimulated creatures. We're visually stimulated. And if you... Watch that. It can trigger you. And let me tell you, guys who did not have this issue in check during that Super Bowl, they hit the internet, went to a specific website, and the London Sun wrote a report about it. Searches on this foul pornographic website for Shakira went up 1,400% just after watching the Super Bowl. Don't tell me men are not visually stimulated. We are. Searches for Jennifer Lopez went up 381%. Men, visually stimulated. And the stat proves it. If there's anything that can undermine our relationship with God, It is definitely, definitely, definitely pornography. If there's anything that can undermine a man's relationship with his wife, undermining his marriage, definitely, without question, pornography. I'm telling you, be careful. Pitch your heart. What do I mean by that? Pitch your heart. I'll tell you in a moment. But first, I want to read a scripture to you. And it's written by Paul in the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, chapter 10, the first 13 verses. And uh, the 13th verse is very popular. A lot of people know this. But I want to give you the runway, the context. Now, Corinth, Corinth was like Vegas, people. Ancient Corinth was like Vegas. That's all I need to say. People in Vegas do a lot of wicked things with their bodies. Corinth was no different. And Paul had a church there in Corinth and getting people saved out of the promiscuous, sexually immoral lifestyle. So his letters to, to the Corinthian church, two of them, cover these issues. Same thing in Ephesus, pastored by Timothy. His letters to Timothy cover this these issues. Chapter 10, verse 1. For I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that our fathers, speaking of ancient Israel, were all under the cloud. God traveled in a cloud. His his being naturally, if it's on the planet, as bright as the sun, if not brighter. When he said, let there be light, right there in Genesis chapter one, it wasn't the sun because he didn't make that till day four. We've talked about that in previous podcasts. So... All our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea. That's the Red Sea. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Red Sea was a type of baptism. And all ate the same spiritual food. They got the commandments from Moses, from God through Moses. We all ate the same spiritual food, all drank the same spiritual drink. For they were drinking from the spiritual rock which followed them, and that rock was Messiah or Christ. I'll talk to you about that rock in future episodes when we get to the church and how total life victory has to be had by one being a part of a community, and namely a church community, local. And that has everything to do with Christ, who was the head of the church. And we'll talk about that spiritual rock. It was him. Nevertheless, with most of them, God was not well pleased, for they were laid low in the wilderness. Two generations were traveling to the promised land. Only one of those generations made it in, and it was the younger generation. Only two people from the previous generation were allowed to go into the promised land. That was Joshua and Caleb. Moses didn't even make it in. He could see it, but he was not able to go in. The Lord would not let him in. And his uh, being disallowed to go into the promised land was actually connected to the spiritual rocks. And we'll talk about that at another time when we get to our discussions of the church and total life victory. So God wasn't pleased with the first generation. They did not get to go in. Some of them died. And even some in the second generation, when they committed certain acts, they were barred from going in. Now, these things happened as our, this is verse 6, okay? Now, these things happened as examples for us. Well, what does that mean? It means exactly what it says. We need to look to what happened in the Old Testament? Because it's all one book, friends. All one sweet continuity from Genesis to Revelation. Me personally, I don't hand out just New Testament Psalms and Proverbs books. Can't do that. Because the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. And the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed? So it's an entire book you need to be digesting. And Paul is telling us that right here. Their examples, their activity are examples for us. What happened to them could happen to us. It's an example. Don't do what they did. Do the good things that they did. Don't do the bad things, because they have consequences. They may not be exact consequences, but it does speak to the fact that consequences come. What do they do? Let's take a look. Now, these things happened as examples for us so that we would not crave evil things as they craved Do not be idolaters, as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and stood up to play. That's straight out of Exodus 32, 6. When the Lord said, so so the next day they rose up early, offered burnt offerings, brought peace offerings, and the people sat down to eat, drink, and rose up to party around a golden calf, Exodus 32. And Moses was up on the mountain talking to God, getting the Ten Commandments, the second set, and getting the book of Levitic, G- Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, first five books of the Bible, Torah. And he's up there getting the sweet instructions from the king of the universe himself. And the people grew impatient and started partying and said, Hey, we need some gods, Aaron. Why don't you make some gods out of the gold here? And he took all of their gold and gold that God gave them after pillaging the Egyptians. These these Israelite slaves got reparations from God. He told them to go to the Egyptians and get the gold. Ask the people for the gold and silver. And the Egyptians gave it to him said, get out of here, man. Your God wins. It's like 10 to nothing. Your God. Your God knocked down all our gods. Here, get out of Dodge. Or, you know, get out of Egypt. And they took the gold and skedaddled. And they were wealthy. Bunch of dirty slaves. Now filthy, in a different way, rich. And they took the gold that God gave them and they made a calf out of it. And then God tells Moses, "All right, um, you need to get down there." So they rose up to play. And here's here here's Paul telling us, "Don't be idolaters." Do you know people worship sex in our culture? It, it is worshipped. Planned Parenthood and every foul abortion clinic can't do what they do unless our culture is over sexualized. Because they're in the business of snuffing out the babies that come from sexual activity that comes from a culture that is over-sexualized. A promiscuous culture, which is just like how it used to work in ancient times. People would worship Asherah. I want to be delicate here, but Asherah worship in the past entailed group sex. And that produced unwanted pregnancies, which in those days, the women carried the babies to term, took the baby later, and then worshiped the other god, Molech. And this is the Baal worship system. Worship Asherah through group sex orgy, have an unwanted pregnancy, take that child after the unwanted pregnancy is had, child carried to term. You take the child over to Molech and burn the child. And that's exactly what was happening. That's what the Canaanites were doing. And that's that's why God said, Canaanites out, Israelites in. They are burning children. It's abortion, out. All of that through sexual immorality. So here's Paul telling the Corinthians, hey, listen, don't act like them and be idolaters nor let us act immorally as some of them did. Do you remember the story of Balak and Balaam? Balak wanted to curse the Israelites because he knew they were getting ready to come into the promised land. He said, I want these guys cursed. And Balak said, we got to get a prophet to curse him. And he went and got Balaam. And Balaam was on his way to do it. And the Lord said, where are you going? You can't curse these people. They're blessed. Don't curse them. Look, when you're God's people, and we're grafted into that blessing because we who know Jesus Christ as Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, we're grafted in. According to Romans chapter 11, we're grafted in. So we're blessed when we belong to God. And God is our defense. Just like he stopped Balaam, he will stop all other assignments designed and headed towards cursing you. That's why it's best to stand with the God of the universe because he works on our behalf without even knowing it. Those The Israelites did not know God stopped Balaam and said, what are you doing? Don't, don't curse them. They're blessed. Don't do that. And three times Balaam tried to do it because Balak, at Balak's suggestion, and Balaam finally said, you know what? Uh, game over, man. I'm no because this is not working. God wants me to bless them. And then finally, when Balaam was on his way to doing it, his own donkey stopped him and said, hey, man, no, when I'm not going any further. Now, donkeys don't talk, but God can make a donkey talk. He, he most certainly can. Uh, if, if he made us... And we are not random. We are intelligently designed. God can do anything he wants in this universe. And this donkey told Balaam, look, uh, I'm not going any further because this man, of, this angel of the Lord is standing in front of me. I'm not going to do this. I'm stopping right here. So Balaam got stopped again. And then finally, he came up with an idea. Let's make the men of the nation of Israel, let's make them weak. Well, how are we going to do that? Let's entice them immorally with some fine-looking women. And that'll weaken them. And that's exactly what happened. And some of the men got involved with the wrong kind of women who were willing to engage in promiscuous behavior with the Israelite young men. And Paul is recounting that here in verse 8. Nor let us act immorally as some of them did. And 23,000 fell in one day. 23,000. That's out of Numbers 25. One day. Because of sexual immorality. Now, has this system... Worked since then? Absolutely. Does it work today? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it works. In a big way, it works. Which is why we have a 1,400% spike after a Super Bowl on a pornographic site because we have women behaving in, in a manner that entices men. Now, look, I'm not clearing that I'm some kind of holier-than-thou person. I'm trying to approach this thing the way Joseph approached it. Friends, if you want your marriage to last, if you want it to last, you got to stay away from pornography. You have to. And I'm trying to approach this the way Joseph approached an illicit situation that was thrust upon him. Now, Joseph worked for Pharaoh, right? I mean, uh, for Potiphar, right? One of Pharaoh's generals. Worked for Potiphar. Potiphar uh, leaves the house and leaves Joseph in charge. Joseph was a good looking young man. Potiphar's wife, probably an older Egyptian woman. You can just imagine just golden brown skin Egyptian woman, just beautiful got the Egyptian sheets, Egyptian cotton. She was not a raggedy woman. And she has the hots for Joseph. You know this stuff's in the Bible, right? The Bible's not holding back. So neither shall I. She's got the hots for this guy. And she starts chasing him. And Joseph says, look. The, the master of this house has put me in charge of everything <laughs> but you. I'm not going to do this wickedness before the Lord, no. And he ran. Now, some might think he ran away like, oh, I just run away. Look, if Joseph is working around this beautiful woman all the time, I mean, she's not hard on the eyes, He ran, I would suggest, he ran because he could have done it. I don't want to do this wickedness. I'm not going to try to fight this thing. I'm running. Which is why in 2 Timothy 2.22, the Lord says, flee youthful lusts. He doesn't say fight. Men, and I'm preaching to myself. Because with these devices we carry around in our pockets and we have on our desks, on our laps, within one click, you can be in some serious mess. One click. is so easy now. I'm old enough to see the transition from you got to go to a a peep show place or you, you have to go to some kind of storefront and run the risk of being seen in that place. Now... You can go into the bathroom, turn off the light, and turn on your phone. That's serious. It's so easy now. We cannot fight sexual temptation. You can't fight it. You don't fight it. You run from it. That's the only play. It's a run play. Run away. And you, everything inside your system may be saying, I want to, oh, I want to look at her. She's a, oh, man. One peak will just, we've all been there. And the only thing you can do is run away. Run in the opposite direction. Don't stand there and try to fight it. Because you will lose every time. And you're designed to lose. Let me tell you what men are like around pornography. Imagine pornography is a rip-roaring fire. A torch. You know what men are? We're cray paper. That's who we are around that stuff. Cray paper. Immediately consumed. You got to run. You have to run. And there's certain ways to keep your heart guarded, brothers. Joseph ran. And Paul is encouraging us not to be like the ancient Israelite men who succumb to the sexual immorality. Nor let us try God as some of them did. I'm going to zip down the verse 12 Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed that he does not fall no temptation has overtaken you but such as is common to man and god is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able but with the temptation it's not a sin to be tempted brothers it took my wife to a bit of time to understand that temptation does not mean sin. You may be tempted to look at the pornographic image, to look at her, to turn around and look at the butt going by and stare at it. You may be tempted to do that, but don't do it. There's a way of escape for you. And the scriptures say there is. You can look the other way, but with the temptation, will provide the way of escape also so that you will be able to endure it. God knows we're gonna be tempted and it is harder now because of the devices we now possess. It's harder, but it's not impossible. You need to keep your heart pitched. What do I mean by that? Well, let's hearken back to Genesis chapter 6, wherein Noah is building the ark, and in verse 14, God tells him to make the ark of gopher wood and then line it with pitch. Now, what's going on? The world is going to be destroyed by flood because all kinds of wickedness was happening, and God said, that's it, starting over with eight people putting those eight people in an ark, putting in the ark with them kind of teenage animals. So, you know, it's not like a full-grown elephant or a full-grown. They're probably smaller so that they could fit in this ark. And he puts them in there. But while he's building it, he tells Noah, line it with pitch. Well, why? So that water doesn't get in. What kind of water? Let's imagine this water that flooded the planet. Okay, if you're flooding the planet, that means the water has some filth in it. Filth. Not only can the water sink the boat if it gets in, but the contents of the water is filthy. And God kept human beings on the planet while they were surrounded by filthy water. Surrounded by water, yet still on the planet. Look, today, guys, we are surrounded by filthy images. They're everywhere. But you got to keep your heart pitched, lined. You can't let the stuff in the world get into your heart where God puts you to be safe. When the Lord says, I want to come live on the inside of you, We metaphorically say, come live in my heart, Lord. Live inside this vessel. Well, if the Holy Spirit, if Jesus Christ is living on the inside of us by his spirit, then our bodies are vessels, are temples of the spirit. Therefore, keep that vessel, that temple, that ark that you are, we got to keep it pitched so that the world and its things and its ways don't seep into us. First John says, do not love the world, nor the things of the world. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And if you love those things, the love of the Father is not in you. You got to keep your heart pitched so that you don't sink so that you don't sink your marriage keep your heart pitched pitch was like tar it's like a resin it was naturally accumulated it's a viscoelastic kind of resin and it kept the water out so it's not impossible what are some practical ways to keep your heart pitched? My brothers? keep your heart pitched in prayer. Talk to the king. He knows the pressure we're under. You could tell him, "Lord, this one's hard. I'm not keep me away from X, y and Z. Guys, you may be working with a woman with whom you have serious chemistry. Better keep your heart pitched." Guys, there's certain Instagram models you should not be following. But keep your heart pitched. Keep your eyes pitched. Don't let that stuff in. And letting it in will set you ablaze. I'm telling you, we're like cray paper with that kind of fire. It's hard. Once that image gets in, in me, to me, I call it the porno fire. The fire, your system kind of goes, ooh, 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 ooh. So, now some of you guys may not have ever been involved in pornography and you might not be able to relate to what I'm talking about. This old man, now I'm in my 50s, but when I was younger, sadly, I dipped my foot in that filthiness. So I know what it's like to be unabridled, just headlong into that stuff. And when the Lord snatched me, he said, stay away. And I did. But the temptation comes every now and then, and I'm just being transparent. How do I deal with it? I keep my heart pitched. Lord, I'm coming to you in prayer. Lord, I'm coming to you in prayer. Praise, keep your heart pitched. Lord, I'm coming to you in worship, keep your heart pitched. Lord, I'm coming to you to your word. I'm going to read your word. I'm going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 1 through 13, and remind myself of what the ancient guys did and what happened to them when they got involved in sexual immorality. They lost their lives. Am I saying that's what's going to happen to you or me? I don't know. I don't know. It can happen. Our precious quarterback, Steve McNair, he died at the bullet of another woman. He wasn't with his wife. If he were with his wife, he'd be alive. This sexual immorality can literally lead to your own death. Be careful. You don't want your marriage to die. Keep your heart pitched. Don't let that stuff in, brothers. I have to do the same thing. You know you could be minding your own business online, and here comes a thumbnail. Boink! You got a choice to make. Do I keep my heart pitched, or do I poke a hole in the resin and let some of the filth in? These are the choices. And if you don't make the right choice, you can get hooked back in and sink your Marriage. Keep your heart pitched. The Hebrew word for pitch is kofer. You know, Hebrew is a, a, a trimodal language. What do I mean by that, it, it does three things. It, 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 it is pictorial, literally, Hebrew characters tell a picture, a simple character, one character can tell a picture. It literally is a picture, especially from the ancient Hebrew, Paleo-Hebrew. So it's pictorial. It is numeric. So Aleph, which is the first letter of the Hebrew alb- alphabet, would be one. Beit would be two. So on and so forth. So it's pictorial. It's numeric. And it also is a language. So Pitch is spelled kaf pe resh, and it basically means just that a tar. But the Hebrew characters also give another message. The kaf, when it was Chiseled out in Paleo-Hebrew, it would represent like the palm of a hand. It means to cover. It means something open, something allowable. The pay, that was carved out in ancient Hebrew to be like a mouth. And the resh that was carved out in ancient Hebrew to be like a person. So the picture there, the word picture of the word pitch in Hebrew, kofer is the word in Hebrew, means to open your mouth, person. Open your mouth. What did Joseph say? I'm out of here. And he ran. He covered me. He he was pitching his heart in that moment when he was running away. There are times when you're in the middle of a temptation, brothers. You literally have to open your mouth. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to flee youthful lust right now. Lord, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. No. You got to open your mouth to cover your life. Keep your heart Pitched, okay? Keep it pitched and watch how buoyant your marriage will be. And it's up to you. It's up to me. Keep it pitched. All right, the next time we get together, I want to talk to you about how God can cover you in the midst of that, brothers. We're going to take two episodes to discuss this issue of uh, keep your heart pitched, all right? Listen, if uh, you've been moved, stirred by what's happening on this podcast, feel free to contact me at TotalLifeVictory.com or LBarringtonAllen.com. And as always, I want to remind you, got a book out called The Fallacy of Race uh, race does not exist. It is a false construct, and I want to talk to you about that in the pages of my book. Go to the thefallacyofrace.com. Uh, get one, and uh, you buy one, and i give you one, and you can give it to another. To get this message out, we really need to get this message out. While supplies last, two for one, would love to gift that to you. So with that, friends, I want to leave you uh, today with the usual word from Micah. And in the book of Micah, he has shown you, O oh man, what is good. And what does the Lord Yeshua require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Walk with him and keep your heart pitched. See you next time. Total Life Victory is hosted by Barrington Allen. To learn more about achieving total life victory in the six key areas of life, visit us online at totallifevictory.com. And keep up to date with Barrington at lbarringtonallen.com and at lbarringtonallen on social media.